Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Sakun Wong and I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Football Garbage Time. And with me as always is Senior Staff Writer and Patriots Fan. I'm sure we'll hear a lot more from him about that, Ryan Whitfield. And probably a very sad Senior Staff Writer in Joey Olibro. And as we previewed last week, we have a special guest today. We have two special guests today, hopefully. Fingers crossed. We definitely have at least one special guest today. Uh, we are super excited to promote this last week. We said you only listen to one podcast this year. This is the one to listen to because there is no other reason to be here except to hear these two guys drop wisdom on you. So here we go. Back again for the fourth time. Setting a record for guest appearances on the Football Garbage Time podcast. All the way from the DMV, we have Wally and Ray of the Urban Sports Team. And I'm going to try this again. All Skins Everything Podcast. Hey, what's up? How's it going, Wally? What's up? It's your quote. Earn. Yeah, yeah. I've only done it like 60 times before the show, so I thought I'd get close eventually. You're getting close. You're getting close. Let me say this. I'm proud of you. Yo, thanks, man. I appreciate that. I can tell you, i got to be honest. I forgot how to pronounce the show name, so I actually Googled it. And I was hoping to find out how many R's you had in everything. And you know what I found when I Googled it? I found pages and pages of player skins for Fortnite. Dude, Fortnite is diverting your Google traffic. You need to get on that, man. That's oh, diverting your crowd. It's killing myself? Yeah. Yeah, it's messed up. Yeah, anyway. Hey, I, I got to ask you. I got to ask you something, Wally. I got to ask you this. Because I saw this on your, on, your, uh, on your Twitter feed. Like, back on, um, I think it was January 31st, you actually retweeted that um, the uh, Flash show was renewed. Are you are you yeah, a, uh, a superhero guy? I love that show. I love oh, yeah. that show. I love Flash. Awesome. I love Arrow. I love Flash. Uh, I love, uh, I mean, that CW superhero. I was like Supergirl. Like, I love it all. I used to, I used to, like, uh, I used to watch Smallville back in the day. So I'm, in, wow. I'm, into, that, I'm into that. I'm into that whole genre. That's awesome because, you know what, Joey and I are both into the superhero thing, too. But yeah, Ryan, um, you know, Ryan, he just hates fun. So he just, he doesn't, he's not into the old superheroes, you know? He's just a cool kid who likes superheroes. Oh, wait, here's Ryan. What do you know? Ryan, you made it. I think he's, I Yeah, think, I'm playing I'm a little gonna... hurt tonight. <laughs> I heard, Ryan. I heard. I heard. I yeah, am, uh, I heard I... I I don't know if I've ever been this dehydrated in my life, but you know I'm, I'm, a, I'm a real champion, um, and you know even when even when I'm when I'm hurting, I still come out there and perform, um, you know just just like my team. So yeah, okay. See, I, he, even even when hurting, he has something to say. I can I already I Here already told him, Ryan, about how you uh, managed to almost make it through the entire Super Bowl last night, and your happy hour was actually just totally just decimated my happy hour by a long shot. You were just, you were way over what I was doing there. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a nightmare scenario. So I, I'm, I get way too worked up. I'm, I'm honestly not a lot of fun to watch these games with. Um, oh, get out of the way. Are you kidding me? Um, <laughs> so game day, like yesterday, I can't eat because my stomach's just in knots all day. So I didn't eat 
Then we went to the brewery. So instead of sitting at home drinking four percent, you know, we're out at the brewery drinking eight, eight and a half percent, whatever drinks. Yep. Then we get back yep. and this whole stupid icing thing that's come around a second time as a trend. I got iced the minute we get back to the house. So then I so then I pound that and so I mean I think by the time I put food in my stomach I had eight drinks uh, nice. without without a single bite of food so I uh, I did wake up this morning thinking the Patriots had won ten to three um, so I did have to go back and watch the last five minutes of the game <laughs> to actually know what happened so wow um, it's all Brilliant. pretty fuzzy so don't don't expect no the, the analysis is not going to be great tonight. But uh, but it is I, I I'm gonna bring the fire though so don't you worry I I, I swear I tried to text Ryan twice last night and all I got back was gobbledygook I just got nonsense I don't, not even full sentences not even real words they're mostly consonants I'm not really even sure if you were intentionally texting me back or not <laughs> Yeah it was uh, you know my night can be summed up as I got a call from a friend who was in two hours away in another state last night. Um, I missed his call and then texted him on my way, and that was all I said. And I woke up this morning and saw that. So uh, and, and, and asked him why I did. He said I ignored his call and sent him on my way. So I was uh, I was in uh, good good shape last night. Yo, excellent shape, excellent shape. So uh, all right, so we got a lot we got a lot to get started on today. Uh, obviously, we're gonna talk about Super Bowl Fifty Three. But before we get started, I, ha- I will say this: I did not have a team in the fight. But I did come out first in our collective football garbage time and urban sports scene NFL picks pool this year. Just wanted to just toot my own horn here. <laughs> Overall record, 174 and 91. That's 66% accuracy, my friends. Second, Scott King from our site. Ryan tied with Joanne from our site. Uh, and third, and then, oh, wait, where are the urban sports scenes, guys? They are all the way down at the bottom. And guess who was last? I won't even go through his record. Wally, what happened, man? What happened this season? Last, you know what? I mean, like, real dudes we do real things. Sometimes you got to take a chance in life. You know what I mean? So I took a chance. Yep. And a couple of teams let me down. So okay, though. <laughs> I was I, I for underdogs. You know how it is. Yep. I mean, my team's sure a loser do. anyway, so. My team's a loser anyway, so it fits right now. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I was going to say, by, by underdogs, do you mean you root for the teams that you think are going to lose? Because maybe you don't understand how we play this game. Then maybe that's the disconnect. Sometimes I go, I, I, I play with, like, I, I mean, I pick with heart rather than, like, my mind. There's certain teams I just dislike. Like, the new, I, like right. I dislike the New Orleans Saints, so I tend to, like, sit against New Orleans Saints for some strange reason. And right. I even not work well after this. Yeah, and I hate him even more nowadays. So it's it's right. even worse. Next year will be even worse. It'll be worse, even worse next year. Yeah, I saw your I saw your retweets <laughs> about the fact that they were basically protesting the Super Bowl. It's like, come on, guys, grow up. It's over. Get over it. It's over. Get over Give it. Give me a break. Yeah, it happens. You know. It. Oh man. All uh, right. So we got a lot. We got a lot going on. All right. So we're gonna we're gonna get to the Super Bowl. We're gonna get your three takeaways from each of you guys. We're gonna discuss this. We're gonna break it down. Ryan probably will get some water and rehydrate sometime during this podcast. Let's get it rolling. All right, let's get started with, brief, with a really brief recap. You know, the game started out really slow. I think everybody can agree with that. Both teams wasting two decent drives. Uh, actually, there was two decent drives by the Patriots that were wasted, actually, with an interception and a missed field goal by Steven Kaskowski in the first quarter. Otherwise, there was a whole series of punts. Second quarter was just as quiet with the only scoring from a Guskowski 42-yard field goal after an, and after an exciting stand by the Rams' defense on the fourth and inches, the half mercilessly came to an end with the Patriots leaving, leading 3-0 to zero, and the Rams having totaled just over 70 yards on offense, ending six drives in six punts. The third quarter opened up with more punting, 
Both teams traded two punts apiece before the Rams were finally able to put a drive together that almost ended in no points after a big sack that, uh, that Goff took, but Greg Zorland managed to salvage that with a 53-yard field goal. And Brady and the Patriots finally broke through in the fourth quarter on a five-play, 69-yard drive capped by a Sony Michelle two-yard touchdown. And the final seven minutes of the game ended up being the most interesting, although Ryan only saw about three of those last seven minutes. As the Rams drove down to the Pats' 27-yard line, Brandon Cooks managed to not haul in the would-be game-tying touchdown, leading to the next play that resulted in a Stephen Gilmore interception, followed by a rushing clinic by the Patriots that killed 305 of the last four minutes and change, capped with a game-clinching 41-yard field goal by Guskowski, followed by some nonsense by the Rams until time ran out. So, Let's get to it. Let's get everyone's three takeaways first, and then, then we'll do some discussion. Wally, we're going to start with you. What were your three takeaways from Super Bowl 53? Uh, the go, Bill Belichick as a coach is one. Uh, mm-hmm. Second would have to be um, the misusage of Todd Gurley. And mm. fourth, my, my, and my third would have to definitely be, uh, I thought uh, Jared, golf was scared. He played scared. Oh, yeah. Oh, we're going to talk, definitely talk more about that. But there, that is – all those things are absolutely true. All right, let's flip over to Joey. Give us your three takeaways, and then uh, we'll flip it over and see what Ryan has to say, and we'll, we'll sweep it on back and get everybody's thoughts on this. Uh, one, uh, the first one's going to be the Rams will be fine. Uh, number two, uh, Julian Edelman is not a Hall of Famer. Um, wow. And, and number three, um, the football analytics nerds weren't wrong despite it being the lowest scoring Super Bowl ever, offense is still king. Oh, interesting. All right. All right. Taking a little bit of controversial tact on this one. Ryan, what do you got for us? Well, I will uh I will go ahead and uh surprise, surprise, take the opposite of everything Joey just said. Well it's a lot. <laughs> um the Rams will be fine. Um I don't even need to break it down into into three points. I'll just tell you straight up that this proved that balance still wins. For all your cute little uh-huh. fantasy needs and the high-flying offenses that were so dominant Agreed. during the regular season, it still came down to a team that was better in all three phases because eventually uh-huh. you can't just win on the offensive side of the ball. And lastly, big important takeaway is that it just sucks to be all of you, and it's so good to uh-huh. be us. <laughs> oh, God. I thought you were going to start with that. I'm glad. See, this is, the, this is a gentler, kinder, kinder Ryan. He actually waited – to, to do it and poop on all of us until after he got his actual analytic analysis out. That was nice of you. Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate that. Hey, listen, Before. I got to turn this. I got to talk about some of the specifics though, because, and this is what Wally you had raised at the beginning. That's Jared Goff. Because part of this is, I think, and I'll give credit where credit's due. I think both defenses played amazingly. Uh-huh. And specifically, I thought that the Patriots defense were, were played out of their mind. I mean, 14 hurries, 12 quarterback hits, four sacks. Almost three quarters of Goff's dropbacks, he was either hurried, hit, or sacked. I mean, that is some immense amount of pressure. They played it exactly right. Brian Flores did not take his foot off the pedal. I'm not a Patriots fan, but I will say that that was a very, very well-played defense. Now, let me ask the question, though. Was it really the defense, or was it Jared Goff not ready for prime time? Wally, let me start with you, because you raised Jared Goff playing scared. What do you think? Was it really more of a Jared Goff thing, or do you think this is more of a mm-hmm. – a Brian Flores scheming for defense thing. No, I think it's a little bit of both. I think the defense played great. I mean, I'm not taking anything away from the Patriots' defense, but there are there are passes there to be had. I mean, you look just look at the the fourth quarter. I mean, Cooks Cooks open for a while. I mean, he threw that pass yeah. late. You know, if he gets there yeah. on time. If he throws it decently on time, 
uh, the, the Rams go up. So if this plays like that, you can say, you know what, the moment was too big for him. You know, you look on the flip side, Tom Brady makes, throws the perfect pass to Gronk. So it's a difference yep. of, like, all right, when if your team needs you, they need you to make a play. You know, one quarterback makes the play and another quarterback doesn't. One, the, 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 the amount of difficulty uh, in Tom Brady, he had to, that pass had to be perfect. The other pass right. with Jared Goff, it was only timing. All he had to do was just throw it on time and that's yeah, a touchdown. So it's got a little, it. yeah. yeah, so it's a little different. So when I look at, you know, when I say Jared Goff choked. We're looking at a guy that everybody, you know, they thought he turned the corner, but in a big game where your team needs you to make some of the simple plays, not even just the spectacular play, but the simple play, he couldn't make it. But I'm not taking anything away from the Patriots defense. They put constant pressure. Uh, if you look at that Patriots roster. I mean, how many people can you say on that roster on the, on the defensive side of the ball is like a top tier pick or coming in to dra- you know coming into a draft thinking that they were going to be mm-hmm. you know a, a, a star player and you know they draft yep. well they they groom well so it, the organization is amazing because every year Bill Belichick can come up with a system and a scheme I'm talking about just defensively and he can take away your best your best threat or your most targeted um, options on offense he does it every year I'm I'm just amazed by him. Yep, yep, I, t- I totally agree with all that. But let me let me take that same question. I'm going to pose it to you, Joey, but in the context of what you said, you say that offense is still king. And, you know, that, and so that I assume what you mean by that in this context then is that you think that Jared, it was more a Jared Goff failing than it was a Patriots defense scheming thing that actually ended up here. Well, what are your thoughts on that? Was it really Jared Goff failing to come through, or is it more of a New England defense thing? No, I think I think Wally uh, hit it right on the head there. It's a, it's a little bit of both. I mean, we're talking about Jared Goff going against like the greatest offensive mind of all time, and Bill Belichick. I'm, I'm sure we're all on the same page there. And he mm-hmm. said uh, Belichick schemes year to year to shut down each player. He doesn't just do year to year. He does quarter to quarter. This guy switches exactly. up so much, so much game to game, quarter to quarter. You do not know what he's going to throw at you. That defense will be the best man coverage team in football. Oh, the next week they're the best zone coverage team in football. It, it uh-huh. you do not know what you're going to be hit with, but at the end of the day, you need an offense, period, to get to that point where you are in the Super Bowl. I mean, we saw the Bears had a historically good defense this year. They got bounced out in the wild card round. But I, right. I do agree. With I don't Brian. Me balance of that. does matter if your yep. balance does matter um, if you're trying to consistently win, as the Patriots have done over the course of the last 18 years. Um, but right now in this day and age, I, I do think that having a great offense is more important than having a great defense. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's I see. I see where you're coming from there. Ryan, any thoughts on this? Is this a Brian Flores special, or do you think that Jared Goff just wilted under the pressure? I mean, he definitely wasn't ready for the moment. We talked about it uh, the last couple of weeks just with, I mean, how overwhelmed he was by the noise in New Orleans. So, mm-hmm. um, right. You know, so I, I saw a guy who I thought was going to have a, a, a trouble in a big moment, um, more more so than anything. Um, you know, I just think that yeah, the the Patriots just brought a versatile attack, and they've been, um, you know, since they really kind of came out of the bye week, they, they've been completely a different defense, and really even since that uh, um, that that Titans loss, you know, they had they gave up a ton of points to Miami. That game in Miami is always a nightmare for the Patriots, but. Outside of that, even the loss to the Steelers was a 17-10 game in Pittsburgh, where right. the Steelers' offense produces better. So they've been they've been good for a while. They they sneakily have a really had a really nice secondary. 
Um, Jason McCourty, I think, according to Pro Football Focus, was the seventh-ranked corner in football this year, and uh, and Gilmore was number one. So, I mean, you have two top ten corners uh, based on the way they played this year. Um, I think Devin McCourty had a little bit of a resurgence. And then something that was sneakily uh, really important yesterday – um, you know, Patrick Chung came out in that parade last week and said that they, they were, you know, the Patriots were going to go, go down there and kick their ass. Um, and he backed it up. I think that he had kind of an up and down season, but I think his best performance was yesterday until he snapped his arm. So, you know, I, I think the Patriots played a great game and I, you know, I don't, I don't know that it was playing scared as much as I just think golf is limited talent wise right now. And I do think Brian Flores is the real deal. Um, you know, I think I think Matt Patricia sucks, and I've always thought Matt Patricia sucks. <laughs> so I never well, thought he was going to be successful. To Patricia, didn't he? I think in the in, in the post game conference, didn't he say we installed? You know, he didn't he say that that he got what he, they did a lot of things that they thought Matt Patricia would do that he had installed previously. Yeah, what I think he said, I think what they were saying was that. Um, First of all, I don't remember that because I was blacked out. Second yeah, of all, that's right. I forgot uh, you were blacked out. I love it. Second of all, right. live your uh, best Pat- life, Ryan. Live your best life. That's live right. Best life. <laughs> um, but Patricia, uh, Patricia, you know, was really conservative and, and loved to play, you know, play less aggressive style of defense. And so basically, what that comment to me means is that they played really aggressive and good this year until they finally played a quarterback who they didn't think could actually beat them, and then they used one of uh, Matt Patricia's shitty uh, vanilla defenses. So that's what, uh, that's what you got last night. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I, I will say this about the defense there. Um, Kyle Van Noy, Dante Hightower playing out of their minds. Three of the four sacks were from them. They were responsible for six of the 12 quarterback hits and almost half of the 14 hurries. Those guys were insane, absolutely insane. And, of course, the Jason McCourty recover in the third quarter where he got back there, and, and you had mentioned this, Wally, where Brandon Cooks was wide open in the middle mm-hmm. of the back of the end zone. And Jared Goff could not peel his eyes off his his I don't know what route he was looking at, but he was looking off left. I have no idea. And he just could not peel off that route. And then by the time he saw Brandon Cooks, he just lobbed it over there. That thing was hanging up there, like uh-huh. I mean, it was it was like a you know it was like a it was ridiculous. I mean, it was like super noodle arm floated up there. And so, but that's not taking anything away from Jason McCourty, who actually had to probably cover twenty five yards to get over there and disrupt that play. And like if you when uh-huh. they backed up and showed you how fast he got over there. Uh, it was, uh-huh. you know, in human speeds. It was just I was very, very impressed by that, um, by that play. So that's, I mean, that's on Goff. That's also on McCourty. But um, I, I, this is one other thing that I think he can grow into. I don't think that Jared Goff is, is limited in terms of skill set. I think that the moment was too big for him. I just don't think he was ready for it. And he was playing with no confidence at all. No confidence at yeah. all. Could not get a rhythm. And I thought that a big, big mistake by – and Sean McVay actually said that he called the game poorly after the game. And, sure you know, and, he, and he gave a lot of credit to the, to the Patriots. But I think he took it, on, took it on himself for calling a bad game because, you know, they were successful uh, running of 11 personnel, you know, one running back, one tight end, until Cooper Cup went out. Then they switched over to more of a, 20, uh, to a 12 personnel set with two running backs uh, – sorry, two tight ends and one running back, two wide receivers – and they were very successful at that. And then he tried to switch it up and go back to 11, and it just didn't work. And, and it's clearly something wrong with Gurley. So I'm going to ask this question next. because You mentioned Todd Gurley at the beginning, Wally. What do you think is up with Todd Gurley? Is he hurt or is he not hurt? Because I can't imagine that this is just a conditioning thing. Yeah, I don't know because, you know, when you see him, you know, a couple of, fla- I mean, a couple of flashes when he runs the football and he had a couple of holding calls, he looked good. I mean, if you yeah. I mean, if you go on, if you look at the eye, he looked good. It's not like he had a, like a gimpy leg. He had explosion. 
So yep. I'm just going to, you know, if they're going to keep telling me that he's healthy, then I'm going to look at, you know, Sean McVay and say, you know what, you messed up. You know, yep. you're in the biggest game of, of the year. You die, you die with your, you die with, you die with your horse. You die with your dog. He is your That's best right. offensive player. He is your That's best. Right. All, let me say it again. He is your best offensive player. It's not the quarterback. It's yep. not. It's not Cook. It's. It's not. It, it, it's not C.J. Anderson. As great as he's been in this stretch, it is Todd Gurley. You run your yep. horse, and if until if he looks horrible, then you die. You lose. You lose with him looking horrible. But that is your That's guy. Right. This is the last game of the season. This is. This is what. This is what it's all about. And for you not to play him, even if he's 80%, you play the 80%. Like, I don't even – he doesn't have to be 100%. You didn't right. use him in the screen game. You didn't use him as a pass catcher. If the Saints, excuse me, if the Patriots are taking him away in terms right. of, you know, rushing yardage, then use him, use him out the back so the terms of throwing him the football. I mean, he's one of very few running backs who excels in the passing game. So, yep. I, I think Sean McVay knows it. I mean, sometimes you, sometimes you try to outwit – you know, one of the best of whoever has done it, and you kind of you, you kind of screw yourself, and that's what I think he, yep. he did. He tried to outwit totally. Bill Belichick, who is the goat when it comes to X's and O's, and you know he lost, and he saw, and yep. I think he he overdid it. Just do it what works, and I agree with you. Like do what works. This is eleven that that eleven man front, like or you know that eleven man formation, or you know feature your guy. Like do what got you to yep. the dance and die with that, and then change up. You know, if you need to change up in the big game. I totally agree with that, and, and it's one of those things where, I mean, it's the typical, and I don't want to make fantasy football seem more relevant than real football, but it's just like the old fantasy football adage that you always play your studs. You always play yeah. your studs, you know. You never, you, you never, you just, you just don't, you don't go to a situation where you sit the best guy in your team, even if he's 80%, because you'd rather lose with the best guy yeah. in your team sucking than lose then you know lose and, and say wow I, I could have played him and I didn't I mean that, that's just that's mm-hmm. just a, it's a terrible terrible thing but let me let me switch it over to, to Joey for a second and uh, ask you Joey did you have any thoughts about um, about Todd Gurley and his health um, I honestly am surprised the way he's been playing I I, I hope he's hurt in a way because if he's playing <laughs> the way right. he is and he's not it's super concerning not only as like a Georgia football fan, you know, I'm here in Athens, but right, like, right. if you're the Rams and you just threw all that money at him, oh boy, <laughs> that is, yeah. that is rather concerning. And you're in the mm-hmm. biggest game of your franchise's history and you're not going to roll with that guy. Mm, I don't know. That's it's yep. super concerning. I'm sure we'll hear something mm-hmm. about it in the off season. Um, I'll be interested in following along with that. Yeah, I mean, he was a monster during the regular season. He had 1,251 rushing yards, and even sitting out games, he was third most in the NFL. 17 rushing touchdowns led the NFL, so he was clearly their workhorse, and he caught balls out of the backfield, which you mentioned, Wally, and the fact of the matter, he had one freaking target this game makes no sense, one catch for negative one yard. So clearly misused if he wasn't hurt. So let me get to Julian Edelman because you've teed this up, and I'm, I'm going to ask Ryan first because I want to get his take first. Do you think that, I mean, I, I am, I like, I don't like the Pats. I actually do like Julian Edelman. I think he was deserving of getting the MVP last night, but what are your thoughts on Julian Edelman having a hall of fame resume? Do you think that he's destined for the hall of fame, Ryan? Well, first I'll start off and say that the Pats don't like you neither. So they don't care. Um, (laughs) As far as the Julian Edelman debate, it really comes down to something that is so simple. Um, in, in sports, there are two people. There are 
people who, who understand um, that there is no such thing, especially in sports, that it's, we're, not, we're not living in just a white and black world, that there is a gray area in between. Um, yep. And then there's the people who are idiots who just want to talk about stats all day. Um, so, so here's my proposal. If you think that Julian Edelman shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame, then what I want you to do is I want you to draft me up the required amount of receptions, yards, and touchdowns a guy has to have in his career, and then, and then we'll send that to Canton. And from now on, there'll be no voting process, and Canton can just select you based on, on, on stats criteria. Because if, if we're not going to use our eyes, if we're not going to use any kind of analysis – if we're just going to take numbers and say, well, he doesn't have a 10,000 yard reception, 10,000 receiving yards, then, then, then he can't be in. Then I don't care how good they are. And, and, and so that's what it is for me. So what I'll say is that I don't think that Edelman is quite there yet for me. I, I, uh-huh. I still would need to see another one or two really good postseasons and, and two more good regular seasons. Um, uh-huh. he only has a, he's only done 1,000 yards twice because the stats do play a role, but it's not just the stats. Um, uh-huh. He's only had 2,000 yard seasons and I think it actually correlated with the only two times he's played all 16 games. So that's the biggest knock on him is, is his inability to stay healthy at times. Um, but for me, again, it always comes down to, did you have iconic moments? And were, were you somebody who was, was elite when you played? And he is the best slot receiver in football. And slot receivers in general don't get any respect in this debate, in, in the Hall right. of Fame debate. Um, sure. But wh- whether it's the, the double pass, that he threw uh, in 2014 to Amendola, whether it was um, catching the game-winning touchdown in that Super Bowl against the Seahawks, the obviously the, the ridiculous catch two years ago against the Falcons, or the MVP performance last night. This is a guy who who, ha- who is elevated in these moments. And, and the argument that really pisses me off, too, is that he shouldn't be the benefactor of, of the fact that they go to the playoffs every year. And, and so he gets to play in more postseason games, so then so the stats don't actually matter, but – I mean, there's been a lot of guys who've been on these, you know, been on multiple of these teams. Um, you know, Troy Brown went to the playoffs all the time in the early part of the, uh, the early part of the dynasty. One of my personal favorites, my, my two f- favorite all-time Patriots are Ty Law and Deion Branch. I think I've said this on the show before. Yep, I wanted to name my yep. son. Yeah, I wanted to name my son Deion Branch Whitfield. I'm the biggest Deion <laughs> Branch fan in the world. And yeah. who, I lo- <laughs> who do I like more between Deion Branch and Edelman? Probably Deion Branch. If you had to really make me choose, but I don't think that yeah, Branch should yeah. be in the Hall of Fame. But Julian Edelman, he again, I wouldn't put him in there yet. But the fact that people are so dismissive of it and don't even consider it, uh, or think that it's ridiculous to even talk about because he doesn't have the yards or the catch totals, well, uh-huh. again, then then just drop the criteria and, and we won't even have debates on it anymore. If if, if it's just as, if it's just as simple as if you if you hit eight thousand yards in your career and eight hundred catches, then well then yeah, problem solved. We'll just we'll just put it all into a computer and we'll take that out of it. Um, and then we can get get rid of the refs so the people in New Orleans can stop crying. Um, yeah. and, you know, we'll, right. just, we'll, just, we'll, just, we'll just turn it up. You know what? Actually, we should oh. we should just cancel we should just cancel the NFL season next year. What we'll do is we'll we'll throw out the schedules and then we'll just uh, we'll all just watch a connected Madden franchise um, with, with computer versus computer, and we'll just we'll just let AI and, and, and we'll just let the artificial intelligence figure out who wins and who's good and who isn't. So. Dude, you just That's you just described my spring. This is what I do every spring. I just I just watch Madden. I just watch Madden run through the entire season. That's what I do. Yeah, I don't know that, what does, that doesn't I do anyway. Me. <laughs> All right, Joey. I did, let, let me give you a chance to, to to kick back in there. I I I know I teed it up there so that he would take a shot. But when you said that Julian Edelman is not ready for the Hall of Fame, are you saying not now or not ever? Um, I mean not now, for sure not now. And I I don't disagree right. with anything Ryan said. 
Um, it's more than just numbers, and I know that better than anyone as an Eli Manning supporter. So sadly, right. um, he had his iconic moments in the playoffs. You know, the that Tyree catch uh, that I brought up to Ryan a couple of days ago. Um, right. You know, the getting the snot beat out of him in San Francisco in the championship game in 2011, the freezing cold in, in 07 in that Packers game in the NFC Championship. Like, that's, that's what I – think of when I hear the name Eli Manning and yeah he's top eight in yards and touchdowns all time but is he going to get into the Hall of Fame it's very questionable but in Edelman's mm-hmm. case it's just his most iconic moments come in the biggest games like the playoffs the, the Super Bowl game he had yesterday was just incredible um, but on the, on the, at the same time you have to be productive you have to be one of the most productive players in my mind to even be in the conversation um, mm-hmm. Right now, he has a similar career arc to T.J. Huzmanzada, if you if you remember that name. Oh, um, yep. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking it way back there, but um, yep. yeah, that's that's where he's at statistically. That's where he's going to probably finish his career around. And I mean, obviously, T.J. Huzmanzada didn't have the same iconic moments that Julian Edelman had, but I I think I'd need to see a little bit more from Edelman before I put him in that conversation as a Hall of Famer. Yep. All right. Well, Wally, let me get your take on this. What do you What do you think about this whole this whole Edelman debate? Uh, is it a Hall of Fame destiny for him, or you think that hey, we got to see some more here? Well, I, I come. I'm mean, like we got to see some more. So I'm, I agree with both both of the fellas. Uh, for me, you know, you look at the Hall of Fame. It's so hard as a wide receiver to get in. Um, it's not easy. You know, they have to get like they, they, growing up as a diehard skins a skins fan in like right. and watching. Watching them in the early '90s, I'll even give you a name. That at this time, he at, before he left the game, and and, and yeah, before he went, he left the Skins and went to Arizona. Gary Clark was one of the best receivers in football, mm-hmm. one of the best absolute number one. He's a number one. He wasn't number two. The number one playing outside, mm-hmm. outside and inside, you know, and was a big playmaker. And he rivaled in stat at the time Sterling Sharp, Jerry Rice. Like he was up there, you know, and limited, you know, with limited reception, and he's not in the hall, and he's had big Super Bowl uh, performances. You saw it with Doug Williams; he had like touchdown catches and whatnot, and everything. Stats, he had good stats in Super Bowls. So when I see somebody like that not in the Hall of Fame, then I'm like, you know what, Julian Edelman, as good as he has been with Tom Brady and whatnot, and we're talking mm-hmm. about the Gary Clark regular season stats were crazy. You know what I mean? He's right. not in the hall. So when I compare him to others who are not in the Hall, then I'm like, you know what, no, I'm, I'm going to say he's not a Hall of Famer at this moment. But we don't, we don't know what's going to happen two years from now, three years from now. You don't know in terms of his stats may go up. He may put a, he may put in 16-game 16, uh, 16 seasons, and for those three seasons, go over 1,000 yards. So you never know. I never like to doubt an individual. But at this point in time, I, I would have to say no. Yep. Right. Well, that's a, I think that's all really good points there. And then this is something to talk about because, um, you know, the way things are rolling, it makes me wonder if we're ever going to see another team in the AFC in the Super Bowl in the near future. It's starting to get a little bit – it's getting a little bit repetitive over here. But, hey, you know what? The best is going to rise up there. It's a very interesting Super Bowl. Let's go ahead and ring the bell on that Super Bowl talk. But before we leave for the day, I want to ask you, Wally, one thing because, you know, I know – like I said, I know you're a Redskins fan. So tell me, what is the one thing you want for the Redskins in this offseason? What do you want them to do? Well, Eric, they don't listen to me because they listen to me. They would be much better. <laughs> um, I mean, I, would, I want them to change defensive coordinators, and that's like my number. That would be my number one thing. We're not going to do that. So I'll go mm-hmm. another route. Um, I would like them to uh, try to get Teddy Bridgewater out of uh, New Orleans. Uh, I think that's a guy that they, they, you know, Alex Smith 
doesn't like he's going to play this season. Uh, but, you know, they can get Teddy Bridgewater to be, you know, to step in and be that guy, that stopgap guy for the, for, the, mm-hmm. for the season. I think they'll do all right. Um, I, don't, I think you go into a season with Colt McCoy as your starting quarterback, you're a joke. I think any fan yep. that thinks Colt McCoy is going to lead them to the promised land needs to stop smoking that you-know-what. Yeah, um, I agree you, with that. You, you, you know, so, with, you know, if you can get somebody like Teddy, I, I think that you can compete uh, for the upcoming season. Right, and you got Darius guys coming back, so, you know, there could be a yeah. very explosive offense. You have some guy who can actually run the ball as well, and Teddy Bridgewater had a very promising career in, in Minnesota before getting derailed by that horrible, horrible accident. So, yeah, who knows? I mean, he guys looks like he has a lot of he has a lot of potential still there, and uh, it would be interesting mm-hmm. to see if they can rekindle that. All right, guys, we made it. We made it to the end of the show, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna chalk this up to the fact that uh, Brian was hungover, that he couldn't actually <laughs> engage and uh, take shots at all of us continuously. I'm sure he's uh, gonna do a good job of de- rehydrating for the uh, for the next one. Thanks, Wally, so much for getting here and joining us and not standing us up no like Ray did, which we will call know, out Ray, on social no, media. Look, Ray, you know, Ray Ray's a busy guy. You know, it's hard to yeah. catch. Oh, yeah. Even for me, it's hard to catch Ray. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Fair point. All right. Well, why don't you give us, uh, why don't you give us your social media? And, uh, and of course, check out the show, you know, Urban Sports Scene Podcast. Are you still doing um, All Skins Everything in the off season? Oh, yeah, we're still doing it. Uh, there's a lot awesome. of, you know, things that you know, we can kind of bad mouth the skins about. So, yeah, definitely <laughs> still doing it in the off season. Fire yep. boost out hashtag that. Um, so, all right. So, about the podcast, so follow I me mean, actually on social media. Follow me at Urban Sports Team. Also, we have a, a Urban Sports Team Facebook page. So, make sure you check that out. Um, yep. The podcast airs live on Tuesdays uh, from eight to nine p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, so, make sure you check it out. Um, the website is www.waleo.podbeam.com. So, make sure you check us out. It's a great show. You know, again, I love coming on the show. You guys are great. You're entertaining. You're amazing. Ryan's my uh, guy. You know, we go back it. We go back and yeah. forth on you know about fancy football and stuff like that because he, he he won my league. Hakeem Walker, yeah. my guy, and, and Joey, you're part of the family now. So I appreciate you all. <laughs> Wait, we love having Wally. We have I love all the guys in the Urban Sports Team, but we love it when Wally comes on the show. He always uh he's he's always got so, such a great take on everything, and he knows all that Redskin stuff inside and out. And uh, check out the podcast, everybody. Just go check it out. If you're not doing it, you're doing yourself a huge disservice. It is awesome. Those guys are great. Um, they really are, um, you know, it's amazing because we, we've actually known each other for four years, believe it or not, and only know, this right? year to start swapping podcasts. So this is <laughs> a lot of a lot more to come in the future, guys, a lot more to come in the Definitely. future. Yep, Ryan, so uh, give us your social media if you're still awake so that people can follow you. Oh, I'm, I'm still alive somehow. <laughs> um, I did want to say uh, I agree that uh, given his extensive knowledge of the Redskins that Wally should be put in charge uh, of the personnel decisions in Washington because if fantasy football taught us anything, he can get into the dance at least. He doesn't really, uh, he doesn't really show up once he's there. Yep, but there it is. But he can get to there. So yeah. we knew it was coming. Um, my man, my man. He was, save, he was saving it up. You got, you kind of teed it up there, Wally. You got to like set that up for him. <laughs> I was gonna Wally go over it anyways. There. I've been sitting here thinking about it for the last five minutes. I'm, I'm not kidding. The amount of brain cells I killed last night putting together, putting together sentences right now is a, is a, oh, is a struggle. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, you can follow me at Ryan Whitfield. <laughs> you can follow me at Ryan Whitfield ne. Um, I, you know, I try to uh, put out pretty good content. I do have one tweet out there. I wanted to highlight real quick. Um, yeah. I, uh, I just, I, I did this earlier. I retweeted 
um, a picture, I mean, a video of the Patriots in the locker room last night. Um, and I do want to highlight and report that, you know, Danny Amendola, uh, Cassius Marsh, and, and Deion Lewis, and, and the rest of the boohoo, no fun in New England crew, um, they were right. Winning another Super Bowl looked just downright miserable. So I hope those three all had fun. <laughs> sitting at home uh, on their, on their losing teams. And as, as the line, yep. I like to keep coming back to, it's what happens when you go cheap, you get your ass kicked. Oh, yep. no, actually you, you go and win another Super Bowl. Bye-bye, D-Lou. <laughs> right. Well, right, we knew that was going to come. So, Joey, social media, what do you got for us? And uh, so people can follow you. <clears throat> uh, well, I'm back on Twitter. So uh, you can follow me at Joey right. Libro. And uh, one last thing. Uh, I know I give Ryan a lot of shit, but uh, I'm genuinely happy for him. No better feeling in the world than your team winning it all. So congrats, yeah. Ryan. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think that we all can say that, um, you know, it's one of those things where I was least annoyed by the Patriots winning the Super Bowl um, just by, by, the, by the fact that there was kind of some other narratives along the way that I was interested in. And, for instance, Gronkowski potentially being his last season and Edelman getting the MVP and all those other things. So those are things we're going to be talking about in our next episode for sure. Check us out next week when we're back here talking about off-season stuff, starting to dig into the combine and the draft, a lot of stuff to talk about in the off-season. Thanks again for coming out and wasting time with us. Thanks again to Wally for joining us. And until next time, enjoy your NFL off-season week. Hey, Joey, I appreciate that. Uh, you know, you know what it looks like to win a Super Bowl. So does Wally. But it's, it's been, all, it's been you know, almost 30 years for him. But it's okay. Some days are relevant, I guess. Yeah, yes, sir. Good time, guys. I'll talk to you guys. It always happens during these things at the end, you know? It always happens.